0: this is tom bailey and you're listening to pf's tape recorder
1: hello there i'm pf this is my tape recorder and welcome to another edition of the history of synth pop our special series here on the tape recorder we're at episode 10 back to the UKKK. Uh, We're going back to the UK in the late 1980s, and we're going to visit with somebody that I forgot to uh, visit back a couple episodes ago when we were in the UK in the early 80s. We mentioned him because he worked with Thompson Twins, but uh, he had a pretty good solo career on his own, and uh, unfortunately, one that's a little odd in that he's known for one song uh, in the United States, I don't know about in the UK, I think he's known for a few more songs, but maybe not. But uh, he's known for a song that's okay. It's called She Blinded Me With Science. It's fine. It comes from an album called The Golden Age of Wireless, which is an absolutely fantastic album. And I would reason to say that every track on that album is better than She Blinded Me With Science. Again, which is a fine track, but I think we've heard it enough. And it isn't nearly as good as the other songs on the album. Uh, Radio Silence, Wind Power, uh, Great Tunes, uh, Europa and the Pirate Twins which actually I think is kind of his signature tune. It might have been a bigger hit in the UK now that I think about it. But I'm going to play a track from this album from Mr. Thomas Dolby called One of Our Submarines, and it is just a really cool track. And well, here it is. Thomas Dolby, one of our submarines, that's actually from 1983, I uh, wanted to go back and make sure that we give Thomas Dolby uh, some attention, because he certainly deserves it, uh, releases another album in 1984, which features the big hit, big hit single, hit single, relatively speaking, Hyperactive, you might know that song, That's other. I think it's the only other song of his that charted in the US, I think that might have bothered the charts in 30-odd, something like that, or is, of course, Blinded by Science, I think. Certainly, top ten. It might have gone to number one. I don't. I don't remember. But yeah, do check out. Do check out Thomas Dolby, especially those first two albums. Aliens ate my Buick from 1988 is fine. Uh, he released one in the early '90s, which is really good. And I cannot remember the title of the album. I know the big single off of that is Close but No Cigar. And then he did a, a reworking of Europa and the Pirate Twins, which he mixed. He wrote a new song, but kind of mixed elements of Europa and the Pirate Twins. It's really cool. Check it out. So we come to 1986, and remember our friends Depeche Mode and Vince Clark and Erasure and all that. Well, okay, okay. So you know, Depeche Mode went on, made a couple albums. Vince goes on and makes a couple albums with Alison Moye under the name Yaz uh, or Yazoo to our friends in the UK. And then Vince Clark, the Yazoo it dissolves. Uh, they, for some reason, they're not. Uh, there's a lot of explanations for it. They're they're they've known each other since they were kids, but they've only known of each other. They were really like close friends in school, but they knew who each other were. Um, so they're not really close friends. They don't socialize outside of the band. Vince is very driven to make the band successful, and then it just it, they finally get to the point where they idea it doesn't work. So Vince goes off uh, with Paul Radcliffe, uh, or E.C. Radcliffe, I'm sorry, and uh, he uh, they form a group called uh, The Assembly. And the idea is they're going to make an album with different lead singers. Uh, the Annie Lennox's approach for this project. They only record one song. It's with Ferrigal Sharkey from The Undertones. It's called Never Never. It's a great tune. Uh, but that doesn't end up working out. I guess they really can't get the people scheduled that they need to get scheduled. And then uh, Vince uh, puts out an ad in Melody Maker for a singer, and it is answered by a fellow named Andy Bell. And Andy Bell, at first when you listen to him, sounds oddly, eerily similar to Alison Moyet. But then as the career goes on, he, he's, you're like, oh, no, you, you can definitely hear the difference. But initially people thought, wait a minute, he found an Alison sound-alike. And it's more apparent on this track, it's the second single from their fantastic debut album, Wonderland. Uh, it is called "Ola oh, More," and well, here it is.
0: Is love supposed to oh.
1: From Erasure, the duo of Andy Bell and Vince Clark. Uh, this will stick for Vince. Uh, they work together to this day and they did a uh, virtual concert uh, back in 2020 for the COVID. Uh, Vince, I believe, was at home in New York State. Andy Bell was in a park in London and then the, the background singers were about six feet apart from him on either side and they did a really cool uh, little mini concert. Uh, do look that up, it's very interesting. 1986 also brings us to a Eurythmics album called Revenge. Now, I remember Eurythmics start off very synthy, and then they get very unsynthy, just like Thompson Twins. Uh, these bands, I realized as I was putting this together, have very similar careers. They both kind of start wanting to sound more American album-oriented rock. Although with Eurythmics, I was reading some more on this. This is an album called Revenge. The album following it is called Savage. And after uh, reading this, it makes a lot of sense. So Revenge is more Dave Stewart. Uh, the dude, uh, it's his interest. He wants to be more rocky. And if you look at his solo work with uh, Dave Stewart and the Spiritual Cowboys in the early 90s, it's very rocky. It is isn't very uh, early rhythmics like And then Savage, the album that follows this, is was more of what Annie Lennox wanted to do. And if you listen to her solo album, Medusa, from 1994, you're like, oh, yeah. And even her one before that, Diva, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. But the reason I am going to play this is because I was telling my friend Pat Francis he uh, you know listens to an album a day if you listen to the Rock Solid podcast. And I guess he's been doing this thing where he's now listening to like uh, albums in a row by artists like whole catalogs and Eurythmics was was we've been listening to this month, and so uh, he gets to Revenge and I am like oh this has their best tune. And He goes oh a Thorn on my side and I'm like no when tomorrow comes and I told him you know I I like these guys more than I realize I like number one. But secondly, I oddly, and I might have even mentioned that on this show, I liked them when they became less synthy, which is really weird, and uh, probably because they well, because they did tunes like this. When Tomorrow Comes from the Eurythmics, certainly their finest hour, it's the first single from Revenge, It Goes Nowhere. Uh, hardly bothers the chart in Britain. I think it gets to 30. Uh, they don't even release it in, in the United States. Uh, it, it goes top 10 in some odd places like Sweden. I think it go, goes top 10 in Australia. Not you, that you folks are odd, I'm sorry. But it but the, it only goes top 10 in a couple of you know different countries. Not the UK, not the US, not Canada. And But even though it's their best song ever. So, uh, anyway, I think Would I Lie to You comes from this. Uh, and, again, this is their – I like the rocky period a lot. Missionary Man, I'm sorry. Uh, Would I Lie to You is the previous album when they're heading in that rocky direction, uh, which is a great tune. Missionary Man uh, goes to 14 in the U.S. here. Uh, and it's a good, good tune, good rockin' tune. It's very unsynthy. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to play that just to show that I, I don't have – I'm not Mr. Synth all the time, and I, I – don't get angry when people. Don't drop the sense. Thompson Tones didn't work out. I think Thompson Tones should have stayed Cynthia. But what can you do? So, New Order finally started getting some exposure about this time. They put a song on the Purity and Pink soundtrack called Shell Shock, which is a great tune. And then they released an album called Brotherhood, which contains one of their best known songs. Uh, I believe the only song they've ever had chart here in this country is True Faith, which will come after. It's, it will be on a Greatest Hits compilation that is released. Uh, after this album, Brotherhood, uh, this song, Bizarre Love Triangle, though you've probably heard it's played, you know, on music systems and in stores. It was on one of those, uh, one of the games where you sing, I can't remember, Rock Band? It was on one of the Rock Band editions. Uh, but I'm going to play you a tune that I think that's more indicative of their sound. It's a great song. It's a very sad song, uh, almost depressing. Uh, but this song is called All Day Long.
0: The jar in his face. Laugh and I heard it cry, but it ruined my place. he drives me crazy.
1: All day long from New Order. What a great tune. Uh, Don't get too wrapped up in the lyrics because they're very, very sad. But uh, we come up to Depeche Mode now. Our old friend's Depeche Mode. Now, I remember I was telling you that they kind of moved in a different direction starting in 1983. They didn't want to use the sounds that were actually on the keyboards that they uh, had purchased. In fact, they bought the emulator, which I don't think the emulator comes with any presets it might i don't remember I, we were certainly too poor to have one uh, me and the guy i was working with um maybe i'll play some of our stuff because we were making stuff around this time anyway uh well the theme music you hear for the show that's us uh anyway a new order um i'm sorry back to depeche mode uh they released black celebration in 1986 which is a fantastic album it is mostly using sampled sounds but not like you think of people using sampled sounds, either from the hip-hop world or from industrial. It's They're still making you know proper pop music tunes, even though they're a bit dark. Uh, they release a song called Stripped, and the B-side is a song called But Not Tonight, which is just oh, one of their best songs. I'll say it again about these guys. But they get very upset because in the, in the UK, But Not Tonight is not included on the album. In the United States, it is added as the last song on the album presumably because the American record company saw, like a happy ending to the album. Uh, I say because it's just a great tune, and the fact they think they were being nice, they, they could have just made people buy the single to get the, the B-side. But, uh, and for years, they would not play this in concert, and I think they finally got over it. And what's weird about it is when, when they released the album on CD in Britain, you get But Not Tonight and a bunch of other tracks, so I don't really know what they were upset about. But anyway, uh, this is a song called But Not Tonight from Depeche Mode.
0: Yes, for a day on a day, like today, I'll get away from this constant debauchery. The wind in my hair makes me so aware how good it is
1: to But out tonight, Depeche Mode, before they become really, really big. Another group I forgot to mention back in the early 80s, but I think it's better to put them in this spot here because they released an album in 1987 that people sort of know about. It's our friends from Canada, Men Without Hats. How about that? Men Without Hats start in Quebec. They start as a punk band, but they become a synth pop band when the chief songwriter and lead singer Ivan Dorcek, uh his two brothers, are in the band at that point. Uh, they become interested in synths. And they write a song called Safety Dance because they're reacting to what's happening in the punk clubs there in Montreal. People are kind of getting hurt. So they invent the safety dance so people can dance safely. Kind of a cool concept behind the song. And, and not a tune. I mean, that's a tune you hear a lot, too. I don't get as worn out on that as I do some other tunes. But they released a song in 1987 and an album of, of the same name called Pop Goes the World. And they get a second top ten hit in America, which people don't really remember because... On all these 80s uh, flashback shows, all you overhear is Safety Dance. And I can I get that because they want to stick to stuff that was in the top 10. But guess what? This was in the top 10. And it goes to number two or three in Canada. They, they, do, not, they do not top the charts, which is shocking. Because people fell in love with the song up there. And like, hey, Men Without Hats are back. And they're Canadians, So let's really promote the song. This is a great little tune. Pop Goes the World by Men Without Hats. In fact, this gal is going to tell you the name of the song. Here you go.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Pop Goes the World by Men Without Hats.
1: Up goes the world by men without hats, from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. All right, so that's uh, they. And here's another group you need to kind of look into. Not a deep deep dive, but and, and weirdly, they themselves don't even realize they've written other songs. Uh, they're on Facebook. Apparently, I, I follow them on Facebook. Every post of theirs reminds you that they're the Safety Dance guys. And people under their posts are like, you know, you guys have more songs, right? You've got the message. You've got where do the boys go? You've got Antarctica. You've got I like. You've got China. You've got about at least at least eight or nine songs more than Safety Dance, for sure. But they just keep promoting that they're the Safety Dance guys. Oh, and Pop Goes the World. There's a song called On Tuesday from this album that's really good. Uh, a song called Olo Sumio, which is really good on this album. So, yeah, there's more than Safety Dance. Probably their best song, Safety Dance. Um, although I would argue this is a very close second. I love this song. Anyway, uh, orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Our friends, OMD. So what's happening with these guys is there's a little, uh, I wouldn't say dissension in the band, but they're kind of moving similar to Thompson Twins and Eurythmics. They want to be uh, have a more American sound, and I think they're doing it more unconsciously. I think with the Thompson Twins and with Eurythmics, they solidly wanted to be on American radio. They liked the sound of American radio, and they figured, well, we're, we should be on American radio. Where Orchestra Maneuvers, uh, with the success of If You Leave, they're thinking, well... Well, Andy's thinking, we need to be doing this kind of stuff. And Paul is being, nah. we should be more... Well, we were was getting us hits earlier in our career in the UK and sticking more to our synthy roots. And, you know, eventually it's going to bust up the man for a couple of years. But they released an album in 1988 called The Best of OMD. And it does really, really well all over the world, including the United States. Uh, they, I guess, what, what's the... What's the word I'm looking for? They uh, hopefully, with some hope, put a song on it because it's called the best of OMD. And they just have this brand new song on they jam on there called Dreaming. Fortunately, it's one of their best songs uh, up to that point. Um, They hate it. I, I've I've come to understand, I even asked Paul Humphreys, I'm like, you guys like, because we were having a discussion about if you leave in an interview, and I'm like, you know, I'm like the rest of the American fandom, the core fandom, I'm like, if you leave is fine. And he was kind of like the same way. He's like, you know, they, they like it. it, it did a lot for them, it got them exposure in the United States, but as Andy McCluskey says, it almost ruined their career, because, you know, it would eventually lead busting up the band for a couple of years because of, you know, the argument over what direction to go in. But I said, what about Dreaming? I love that. And he's dreaming, he's like, eh. (laughs) So I get the sense they don't really like Dreaming either, but I love Dreaming. Um, Not only is it a great song, but the production on it is fantastic. They really let Mal go. The drums are really cool on this. I'm not a big drum guy, but the drums sound really good on this. And here you go. This is Dreaming from Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark from 1988. And not very synthy, still keyboardy, but it isn't like it, it doesn't sound too different than what's on the radio. In other words, everyone's sort of were people haven't really caught up with the Pesh mode and New Order. People have caught up to OMD, and OMD is now more part of the times than they are leading the times at this point. I would say, same thing with Thompson twins, Eurythmics. I would sort of lump into that category only because they're trying to become an AOR, and there's plenty of AOR bands around, so they're not. None of these groups are really forging new ground with the exception of Depeche Mode, Erasure, and New Order. The other acts are like, well, we're just going to kind of do what is going to get us into the charts, which, you know, back then mortified me. But now I realize, well, that's if you don't do that, you can't make any more records. And that particularly now, that's really the case. So we'll wrap it up there. Uh, to end the 1980s with OMD and Dreaming. And then I think for the next episode, well, next episode, I'm going on vacation. So we're probably going to do an encore presentation uh, of an interview with Mr. Tom Bailey. That'll be a lot of fun. So I look forward to you folks hearing that. That's episode 377. That's way back there. That's almost at the bottom of the stack if you're trying to go back through one of these podcast-catching programs or you're trying to look for it on Podbean. It would be, wouldn't be would be easy to find, and you'd have to really scroll down through the Apple uh, iTunes store or iPod store, podcast store, whatever it is, to find the episode. So we will play that next week. Our song of the week comes from a band we're going to hear from in a future episode, certainly, uh, talking about their career, but it's a band called Churches. Yay, Churches are back. They have one of the best songs of the millennium, meaning of the 2000s, I would say, called The Mother We Share. Probably my second favorite song of the entire uh, last 21 years. And anyway, uh, they are a synth band from Scotland. It is uh, Lauren Mayberry, and I can't remember the name. Uh, Dougherty's the one. I can't, I'm sorry. I should have looked this up. I can never remember the dude's names. Of course, I remember Lauren because she's pretty. And she would hate me to say that she's pretty, but she is. And she's uh, got a great voice. She was uh, worked for the BBC at one point. Man. This is, she's the perfect woman. Anyway, uh, they have a new album coming out. Uh, you may have seen they have just released a, I don't know if as a single yet, but they released a video for a song they're doing with Robert Smith. So that's just up. But we're going to play the song that came out uh, just last month because I don't think the Robert Smith tune is available for purchase yet. You can only get it if you order their album in advance, which comes out in August. So this is a good track, though. Radio 1 is playing it. And it is Churches. It is our Song of the Week on PF Tape Recorder. He Said, She Said. So long and thanks for listening.